The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no cotton down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel-good sounds. Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about some medical emergencies on the airplane, some bad driving, crew pranks, some wildlife on the airplane, and some funk and farts. <laughs> and the music for this episode I recorded uh, on the streets of Paris, some fun Paris street performers. <laughs> Let's get on with the show. Okay, so I was going to Amsterdam on a late night flight, all night flight, the latest one. So it was about 4.30 in the morning, my time. I already had commuted in, sat around the airport. Now we're flying to Europe, tired, but now we're on initial descent into Amsterdam. So uh, kind of the end of the day, winding down. I'm taking my heels off, taking my apron off, getting everything ready, packing as, as it were, uh, and almost done. You're like, whew, long day, uh, almost over. And... We're on initial descent, and all of a sudden, there's a loud explosion, like a a really loud noise, a a flashing light, and uh, the phone on the fuselage at the one right door. I was standing at the one right door where you guys normally board. The cockpit's right in front of me. The phone jumped off the wall, and I was thinking, what the hell was that? Like, what? And I didn't know what it was. It sounded like an explosion to me. And uh, uh, initially, I looked around, like I was looking to see if there were any holes in the in the plane, you know, like the laptop bomb or the shoe bomber, you know, it, it, what was that? And uh, there was two other flight attendants at the one right door. And one of them said, I think someone shot at us. And I was like, shot at us? And I wasn't sure if she meant like, you know, outside the airplane or like guns in the airplane. So I moved out of the aisle because I thought, well... If there is someone shooting at us, you know, might as well get out of the way. And it was amazing how many things went through my mind in in seconds. Like, it's shocking. It's like rapid fire. Because I was thinking, shooting at us, you know, where'd they get the gun? 
And uh, we have air marshals on board. And we don't have a class for if there's people shooting at us. They never told us what to do. Like, we have self-defense and stuff. But, you know, self-defense doesn't uh, do doesn't work well against bullets. <laughs> and so I, I was also thinking all this stuff happened in, like, I swear it wasn't even a second. All these things are going through my head. I'm like, wasn't it an explosion? Uh, if it is, you know... And the shit's going down, you know, I, I'm tired. You know, I'm not at my best. You know, we got to get out fire extinguishers. You know, I, I had I had looked before I moved out of the aisle. I had looked at the because I was looking around the plane to see if I saw what what had happened. And all the, the passengers in first class are looking at me and I'm thinking, did I scream or something? I don't remember because it happened so fast. I don't I don't think so. Turns out I didn't. And uh, none of us did. Uh, so now I was thinking, all right, well, I don't see any holes in the plane. I don't see anybody shooting at us. The passenger just looking at me. I don't know what that was, so I'll call the captain. So I pick up the phone, not the one that jumped off the wall, the other one. And uh, I I think to myself, what am I going to say to him? Uh, there was either an explosion or someone shooting at us. You know, that sounded like a crazy thing to say to the pilot. So I picked up the phone, and he right off the bat said, I'll make, make a PA in a minute. And I was thinking, okay, okay, whew, whew, that sounds not, not worried. So I think we're okay, whatever it was. And the thing is, it wasn't raining. It wasn't turbulence. If it had been, I wouldn't have been uh, as shocked or surprised by it. But it turns out it, we got struck by lightning. And it turns out we got struck almost where I was standing. I think that's why the phone jumped off the wall. And the girl at the two left door said she saw it hit like right where I was standing. And she saw the light go right through the first class cabin. And apparently all the way in the back of the plane, that's a big plane, uh, it really wasn't even that loud. But where I was standing, it was loud. <laughs> it's scary and my heart was beating I was like oh I have been flying for so long and I've never been struck by lightning and I've always been jealous of the people who have been struck by lightning because I hear all these stories I was so pretty and the lights would go through the cabin and I hear about flight attendants screaming I've heard all these things and it never ever happened to me but you know you better watch what you wish for because that scared the crap out of me but it turns out none of us screamed or we didn't act, you know, we it was we were fine. Uh, it's just you never know what you're going to do in that position. And my heart was like beating really fast. And now it's time to land. And we're all kind of like, you know, you're awake now. Nothing like waking you up at 430 in the morning by getting struck by lightning. <laughs> and so we go to sit down in our jump seats and the purser is sitting next to me. And I go into our old brace position. It's like from five years ago because they had changed it. But that one had been like forever. We'd done the other one. And she looks at me and she goes, that's the, that's the brace position from like five years ago. Did that lightning that hit you just take five years off your life? And I'm like, I think it did. Yes, I was flying with a girl named Sheila and she was from Louisiana. And she was the flight attendant in charge and had to go up front and introduce herself to the pilots. Right. And um, uh, she went up there and said, hi, my name's Sheila. And the pilots each went around and said their name. And she got to the engineer because there were three pilots on the 727. And he said, hi, my name is Bill. And she goes, hi, Bill. I'm Sheila. And he goes, that's not my name. And she said, oh, well, what's your name? And he said, my name is Bill. And she goes, hi, Bill, my name's Sheila. And he goes, that's not my name. And, and she said, 
okay, what's your name? He said, my name is Bill. And so she goes, okay, hi, Bill. <laughs> and he goes, this is my name. He goes, my name isn't Bill. <laughs> and she said, oh, okay. She said, Bill asshole. Bill asshole. You decide what you want to be called. And she turns around and walks off, and the the captain turns to him and says, Way to go, asshole. We're not getting anything to drink the rest of the day. <laughs> recently from a BBC reporter asking me to comment on fighting jet lag. And uh, she asked if we were we had special training as flight crew, like like you can train anyone to fight fatigue. Uh, so I report I got back to her and I don't think she liked anything I had to say because I didn't hear from her. But my cure for jet lag is a dance party. Yeah, I bring funky, <laughs> upbeat, lots of horns, tight music. And when I get, I get into Europe in the morning and I take a nap and I force myself, I do not want to get up, but I force myself to get up after a few hours because I'm not going to sleep the whole time I'm in Europe. I'm not going to miss out on, you know, Paris or London or Rome or Amsterdam, and I have to get up. I don't want to, so I set the alarm. I make myself get up. I have some coffee, uh, have a little something to eat, and then I turn on some funky music, <laughs> and I dance around my hotel room. I do some sit-ups, some push-ups, some handstands, <laughs> and mainly I just shake my hips <laughs> arms out in the air and have a little dance party and then I do that as I'm like you know brushing my hair and teeth and putting makeup on getting dressed so by the time I'm ready to hit the streets you know I uh have a smile on my face a spring in my step so uh that's my cure for jet lag it's a dance party It's difficult for us on the beverage car. You wish you had two eyes in the back of your head because you're backing up, but you don't want to run over anyone, right? Well, there was this girl, and she could have her feet facing the cart, and she could turn her body all the way so she could look up the aisle. And she so like she could twist all the way, but keep her feet this way <laughs> because she was a dancer. Does she have a sister? <laughs>
when you were handing out um, eye shades and um, and uh, headphones, what did it sound like you were saying? Yes, it sound. I was saying, do you want a headset, dumbass? <laughs> because you were saying a headset, eye mask, and, but I, and eye mask. That's where the D came in. And eye mask. And, and I walked by by you, you and I it. I heard you say <laughs> headset, dumbass. Okay, wait, I gotta tell you, I gotta say one more thing. So your name's Betty. And actually I don't think I've ever flown with another Betty. So we had like two Bettys in the aisle. Betty's have more fun. <laughs> I've had a dramatic month flying. <laughs> I had the lightning strike, and then uh, I was on my way home from Amsterdam and got the call we all hate that uh, there was a woman who was unconscious in the back, and it's like, oh, so scary that, you know, they're not going to make it. But um, by the time I, I ran to the back and uh, somebody, I wasn't sure if it was a doctor or husband or somebody was smacking her in the face, and she was not coming to, and she was very pale, and I was like, oh. Boy, um, we ended up, you know, paging for a doctor, medical professional, and we got, thank heavens, they, they're they so good at coming forward, but we must have had nine, you know, doctors, nurses, uh, ambulance folk. I mean, we had all kind of people. And so uh, <laughs> it turned out to not be too serious, thank goodness. Uh, I was in the back galley after things were starting to calm down where she had finally come to. And the air marshal was in the back galley with us, and he was like, uh, well, it looks like the witch doctor's taken over, because he was sitting right by <laughs> the woman who was having the, uh, who fainted, basically. Uh, and I'm like, you mean the one with the funny hat? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, she's a neurologist. <laughs> he was calling her a witch doctor, because she did have on a funny hat. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, the witch doctor's taken over. Anyway, uh, it turned out to be, you know, she she was fine. Uh, a lot of people pass out. And uh, we started talking in the galley after that about all the people that pass out. And uh, I would have ran and got my recorder, but it seemed inappropriate considering the doctors were still with the patient. You know, probably shouldn't be um, getting stories for the podcast. <laughs> but the guy flight attendant that I was flying with started telling some great stories. He's a, a very handsome, straight, nice, funny guy. And he said that... Uh, he was on a flight once, and on the 767, we used to have this middle galley. It had a few cards, some coffee makers, and uh, it was right by the bathrooms. And the this woman had come up and asked where the bathroom was, and he had pointed to it. So she had turned away from him, started to walk away, and he could just tell by the way she was moving. We're real good at knowing when people are going to pass out because they pass out so often. So he, he saw her going. So he grabbed her from behind, like around the waist to hold her. And she passed out and she was like dead weight. And she like fell back on him. So he fell back against the carts in the galley. So he's holding her. She's heavy and, and dead weight and falling down. And his his she's falling through his arms. And uh, luckily, she, she wasn't flat chested. So he's basically now holding her her up under her breasts but he's now pinned up against the carts and now he's starting to slide down now the two of them are starting to slide down and he's holding her up by her breasts and he said just then a female flight attendant walked by and went oh oh oh, oh. like 
she she thought he he was like doing something to her. And he's trying to help her. He don't want her to fall and hit her head. And she he's holding her up by the breast. He's still falling down the beverage carts. And he goes, "Help! Help me! Like for goodness sakes, help me! Don't think I'm hitting on the poor woman." I just love that visual. The girl that told that last story was just so much fun. You know, sometimes it really makes such a difference at work when you're working with someone who has a good sense of humor and they have a good sense of humor about themselves. Because uh, she had a very thick southern uh, Tennessee, I believe, accent. And uh, she, she would be in the, I'd be on the beverage cart where they're in the aisle and she'd say, something to drink, something to drink. And I said to her, I said, it sounds like you're saying drink. And there's an A in it, D-R-A-N-K, something to drink. <laughs> and she actually laughed. And uh, we get back to the galley, and, you know, we've got all these carts you're trying to put away, and there's never enough room. And sometimes there's a passenger standing waiting for the bathroom. And so I was trying to put a cart away, and I hit her in the tush, and she goes, uh, I just peed a little. <laughs> it's just like the last thing I expected her to say. <laughs> I mean, she was just joking, but then the rest of the trip, every time something happened, we'd say, I just peed a little. So, like, you're getting into the van, you know, to go to the hotel, and you're giving them your suitcase you can put in the back, like, in the trunk area, and I'm like, uh, I just peed a little. <laughs> just silly, silly stuff. Um, on a DC-9... We got struck by lightning and it came inside the cabin and it walked from like over the wings. It walked? It, it actually looked like it was walking on the ceiling all the way to the back of the DC-9. That's wow. the only thing I can think of. And there was this one time where this new first office. So he started hitting on this one flight attendant and he was all full of himself. Yeah. So she called us all to her hotel room one night and she's like, okay, I'm gonna let him have it. So gonna let him have the it. other two flight attendants, the captain, myself, we're hiding in the bathroom in the tub. So she calls him over and he comes over and he's like, oh, I didn't think you were that type of girl. She's like, oh, you, I just have to have you. <laughs> she's like, go ahead, take off your clothes, go in the tub. <laughs> and he goes in the bathroom and he opens up the shower curtain. Naked? And we all did. <laughs> we got him so. <laughs> we got him so. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> of the great luxuries of working for an airline is you can you can go somewhere last minute totally impromptu like the freedom is just uh so much fun because i it was a uh, tuesday <laughs> and i just got a um bug up my pantyhose <laughs> and uh decided to go to the caribbean the next day i went i just uh, started looking at the flights looked to see what was open and went to uh st croix for a couple days and uh because I decided one day and left the next day I didn't do a lot of research or anything but I knew it was a U.S. U.S. Virgin Island USVI and uh so it was you know part of the U.S. shouldn't be too complicated or anything and uh I didn't realize until I got there because I had rented a car uh that they drove on the left 
And I know it's not a big deal, and I know that a lot of people do it, but I am very hesitant driving on the left. Uh, I've done it before, and um, I have to be so conscious, you know, to keep telling myself to the left, to the left, to the left, to the left, because also the thing that's scary or tricky to me is I'm someplace I don't know where I'm going, right? And when you don't know where you're going and you're trying to drive on the other side of the road when you're, you know, you have that muscle memory that always wants you to drive on the right. And I'm always so afraid that I am going to cause an accident. <laughs> so I'm standing in line for the rental car and she's like, can we drive on the left? And I was like, oh, oh we drive on the left. <laughs> sure enough, getting to my hotel, I got lost, you know, like trying to turn around and turn around and going the, going on the left. So I find it stressful. Actually, I did fine, you know, and you get better at it after a day or two. But there was uh, the hotel I was staying at. I was talking to this guy who lives there. He actually lives at the hotel. And um, I was saying, oh, you know, it's that. I think it's really scary <laughs> to drive on the other side of the road. And I'm like, and why do you drive on the other side of the road? It's a U.S. territory. And, uh, you know, the British were there at some point. So that's why they drive uh, on the left. And he said, oh, um, I can help you with that. And I'm thinking, oh, good. What? And he goes, just keep thinking, uh, driver in a ditch. And, you know, I know a lot of people, when well, they don't understand what somebody's saying, they just nod or giggle. But I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't get to how that helps. What? Driver in a ditch? I don't understand. And he's like, oh, well, the cars here are from the U.S., so the steering wheel's on the left, but we drive on the left. So then the driver is near the ditch. <laughs> like the side of the road or the foliage or whatever. So he said, just keep saying, driver in a ditch. <laughs> and so, you know, it worked like a charm. The whole, I was only there, because I did it last minute, I was only there really for two days, uh, three nights, two days. And uh, I kept saying, driver in a ditch, driver in a ditch, <laughs> driver in a ditch. <laughs> it's nice when you can make yourself laugh in a car when you don't know where you're going. And thank goodness what I was worried about that is I would actually end up in a ditch, but I didn't. No driver in a ditch. Uh, we were coming back from Amsterdam, landing in the States, and we had had two babies with bassinets. You know, on the long-haul flights, we have bassinets that hook into the wall, and they're kind of complicated. They're like a three-prong fastening system with this like metal leg that comes you have to like fold it out of the bottom um i was on a flight one time and and we had a brand new flight in it and the other flight attendant said to him uh go up there and um give because that baby needs a bassinet and he was just being a good sport and he was going up there and i'm like hey he's not gonna be able to figure that out (laughs) it takes it's a difficult one even if you've done it a bunch of times i'm like you gotta go help him anyway this time we were trying to take them both out, and I was having trouble getting it out of the wall. And then um, then luckily there were two of us, and we were trying to get them. You had to fold them back up and put them back in their containers and put them back in the closet. The whole thing is, like, uh, rather labor-intensive. So I'm trying to fold up the one, and she's folding up the other one. And she keeps laughing, and, and I thought she said, uh, it's really easy on the plane with the engine noise and everything. To And maybe uh, because of the engine noise, engine noise we're all losing our hearing but um i thought she said i just blew my nose in the bassinet and i'm like you blew your nose in the bassinet and she's like no i ran my hose because <laughs> it would be bad to blow your nose in the bassinet 
when you go through the airplane and you're checking for, to make sure everybody has their seat belts on and you come upon this one passenger and you say, sir, you need to fasten your seatbelt. And he looks at you and he says, Superman doesn't need a seatbelt. And I looked at him and said, Superman doesn't need an airplane either. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to thank any of you who, when you were going to buy something on Amazon, they have everything. Uh, you went to my website first, BettyInTheSky.com, and click through. It doesn't cost you any more. It supports the show. I love seeing what people buy every month. And this month, somebody bought a Bangkok tattoo, a royal Thai detective novel, and some homemade dressing, smoky cowboy rub, and a Eagle Nest Outfitters double deluxe hammock. Gotta love a hammock. And somebody bought a oceanic ultra dry snorkel gear which is right up my alley gotta love me some snorkel gear so thank you so much if you did click through my website bettyinthesky.com you're gonna buy something i really appreciate it if the links don't come up it could be that you have your uh ad blocker on and if you turn that off or bookmark it i really appreciate it and uh thanks a lot You know, I've said many times that the emotional support animals are just getting out of hand, you know, and we all know it because you've seen turkeys on the plane and there's a kangaroo on a plane. And uh, this girl was telling me that uh, this woman got on her flight and she had a cage strapped to her back, like a big square cage, uh, like backpack cage and they're thinking oh good lord what's in there like because lord only knows what kind of menagerie people are gonna have and it was a monkey and uh it was a small monkey and uh she said it was her emotional support monkey and uh she took it out and like uh, the passengers you know everybody likes i love a monkey hell heck it's the year of the monkey <laughs> which i like uh you know the chinese new year year of the monkey so uh the passengers were all trying to like uh like smile at the monkey and she was like don't smile don't smile at the monkey that that'll that that's a sign of aggression and it's like oh gosh she's bringing an aggressive monkey on the airplane for emotional support <laughs> they said she walked to the back galley uh to go to the bathroom with the monkey on her shoulder and so every single person on the plane is aware of a monkey if you got somebody walking down the aisle with a monkey on their shoulder and they said she was just eating up all the attention you know she really you know well, I don't know how many people actually need any of these animals for emotional support. But like this one, she really liked the attention because everybody wanted to look at the monkey. Everybody wanted to talk to her. You know, she's like a rock star because she had a emotional support monkey. I've been wondering lately if uh, I talk too much on the van going to and from the hotels in Europe because I, I tend to... I don't know, I'm tired. Now it's kind of a relief that the day is over. I've had a long day. And I start telling stories. Next thing you know, I'm talking all the way to the hotel. And I started wondering, you know, is this bad? You know, am I taking up too much attention? Am I like holding court? You know, should I not be holding court? So I went out to dinner with uh, a crew in Paris. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to try not to dominate the conversation. I'm going to try to step back because, you know, it's... I don't know. I, I shouldn't be the one talking all the time. I think it might be a little bit rude or presumptuous or, or something. So I let everybody else talk. And the one girl, and I didn't get my recorder out too, because I thought, I don't, want, I don't want to make this all about me all the time. Because you know what? That's probably wrong. So this girl told a funny story. She said, uh, 
there was a pilot and uh, he came out of the cockpit to use the bathroom. You know, the bathroom's right by the cockpit. And he went in but didn't lock the door and came back out and said, is there a bear on this airplane? And they were like, what? He's like, is there a bear on the airplane? Look at this. He said there was, this girl was saying there was this giant animal size pile of curled poop and it was so big. You know, we have those ridiculously high suction toilets on the airplane and it didn't do any, it didn't move at all because it was too big. He's like, is there an emotional support bear on this plane that made this poop? All right, one of our flight attendants, I was trying to get back to Memphis and we had a New York crew and one of our New York flight attendants got on to make her PA and expecting a New York accent. Instead, we got, well, hello, folks. I'm from New York City. (laughs) The whole plane got a big kick out of it. So on my last flight, I had to go on puke patrol. Oh, you know, there are times where you just have to do these horrible things. And uh, some passenger thought it would be a good idea to puke in the sink in the bathroom instead of the toilet, even though they're equal distance. And it would have been just as easy to puke in the toilet where you can just easily um, push a little button and it flushes, it all goes away. But instead, they filled the entire sink, the bathroom sink was filled to the brim with chunky puke. And on a full flight, you know, I, you know, I could have been lazy and just locked off the bathroom and said, I don't get paid enough for that. But the thing is, you know, it's really not nice for the passengers, because there's always a line for the bathroom as it is, let alone if you're down a bathroom on a nine hour flight. So I put on three, not one, not two, three sets of plastic gloves and went in there and was trying to get it to go down and it was just too chunky so I took a cup and I just was scooping it from the sink to the toilet like I said it would have been much nicer of this person to puke in the toilet instead of the sink but as I was uh scooping it there was a guy standing there and he was like oh it smells like the chicken you served I'm like yes it does because I think that's that's what it is. That's what's on this puke patrol our chicken dinner. So I was in St. Croix and just there for a couple days and I already told you I was nervous about driving because I was driving on the left and it, it scares me. I'm afraid I'm gonna drive straight into another car. <laughs> I, I, I was just afraid I'm going to be the, the bad driver that's on the wrong side of the road. So anyway, I was uh, having breakfast at this really good little local bakery TLC kitchen. It was a nurse who um, decided to do something else and started a bakery and makes her own bread. And people drive from all over the island to get this great bread. Anyway, I was having a really nice breakfast, really happy with my decision to go somewhere, even though I wasn't planning on it and stuff. And I'm having breakfast and the people at the other uh, table say, oh my God, oh my God, look at that car. Oh my God, look, those those guys are trying to stop the car. Oh my God, there's nobody in the car. And I look over and it's like, it's like your worst fear. And I'm like, I think that's my car. <laughs> Oh my God, it's going out into the road. Oh, thank heavens, thank heavens, thank heavens. It was a lot of rental cars look the same. So it wasn't my car. 
But it was another car, and they, you know, the people at the other table were worried that the guys were going to hurt themselves with that car rolling, trying to stop it. But they were able to get it. But, oh, boy, man, is that a bad sinking feeling when people are going, oh, my God, look, that car's it's going by itself into the road. And you go look over, and you're like, oh, it's my car. My car. Driver in a ditch. So something happened. So there's this new hire on one of my flights, and she was there. It was her first international flight, and um, we were going through picking up the cabin. And one of the um, senior flight attendants gave her a recycle bag and yeah. told her she needed to walk through the airplane and collect the air for the people on the ground to do some sort of air test. Air test. Did she do it though? She did, and I looked at her. I saw her, and I didn't know the flight attendants had told her this. So she was walking by with this bag, and I was like, and I'd never heard of this trick yeah. before. And I was like, what are you doing? And she said that that's what had happened. And uh, anyway, I was like, they're so mean. I said, there's nothing like that. Actually, I've seen that happen where they say, uh, you have to get one for coach and one for uh, uh, that was hilarious. business. So the same guy that was holding the woman up by her breasts after she passed out, he said he was on another flight uh, leaving Orlando first thing in the morning, and there was an unaccompanied minor, you know, a child traveling by themselves, and the little boy was 10 years old, and like halfway through the flight, he came to the back and said he 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 was having really bad stomach pains. He was sort of moaning and holding his stomach, and... Uh, they paged for a doctor, a medical professional, and on that flight, there wasn't anybody. And the, the rest of the crew were all female, and they all started getting real worried because now they have the kid laying down on the floor in the galley, and he's holding his stomach and moaning. And they're like, what if it's his appendix? You know, he's by himself. You know, what if it's something serious? And they're wondering if they need to divert, and they're talking to the captain. And so this guy flight attendant said he just sat down on the galley floor next to the kid and said, uh... So, uh, what did you have for breakfast? And the kid was like, I didn't have any breakfast. Uh, it was early. And he was like, oh, what did you have for dinner last night? And the kid goes, Mexican food. <laughs> and the guy didn't goes, oh, <laughs> well, let me tell you what. Why don't you fold your knees up and then uh, try really hard to fart? And the kid's looking at him like, what? And he's like, no, really, just try really hard to fart. And the kid let out a really loud fart. <laughs> The guy flight attendant was like, how you, how you feeling now? And he's like, I feel better. <laughs> he's like a fart doctor. Normally, when I'm putting a podcast together, an episode together, uh, there's only really a choice of one or two titles. You know, something just stands out. And you know what? This episode had so many, I don't know, sound bites clips that I could have used. I just, I had trouble deciding. I couldn't decide between a witch doctor, headset dumbass. <laughs> I just peed a little. Driver in a ditch. <laughs> Is there a bear on this plane? You know, a fart doctor. It's getting funky or some funk and farts. <laughs> well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. Thanks. Bye. She's been and tell you where she's going. You'll have some fun, so why not come along? 
Cool.